Hey everyone, and welcome to Trade Talks, a podcast that gives me the opportunity to talk and you the opportunity to listen to what I'm talking about. And today I want to talk about finishing well. A pastor, a friend of mine, and a leader in our Christian School Association suddenly went home to be with the Lord this past week. He died of a heart attack, and even though he was 75, he was in great health, and no one expected a heart attack to take his life. And I've just been thinking and pondering that since the funeral on Monday. After going through a heart attack and nearly dying of Crohn's disease, this subject of finishing well or dealing with things in situations like this is not new to me. So today, I would like to take some time and give you just some insight from my heart on how we can know if we are going to finish well. It was my junior year, and I'll never forget the day as I was called into the office from my study hall And our school principal said, hey, I just got a phone call from a school about 40 minutes away that has invited you to come and run in a pentathlon that they are going to hold. Now, I had no idea what a pentathlon was. I had no idea what was in store for me. But what I did know was it had to do with track and field. It was done in the Olympics, and it had running in it. So all of those things met okay. I'm in. As a kid from from early elementary all the way up through high school, running was my thing. That's what I did. That's what I enjoyed doing. And it wasn't until I got to college that I realized that I needed to maybe look a different direction and start long distance running because sprinting just wasn't going to cut it for me anymore. There were a whole lot of other guys out there a whole lot faster than me. I still was fast for the north and for my area of Ohio, but not fast enough. But in this pentathlon, I was excited about it. There were going to be several schools there participating, several athletes, and I I wanted to be part of that. So I, I began to do some training for it, not much because it was already in the spring and I'd already been training uh, to run uh, several of the events that they were having. If I remember right, it was the 100-meter dash, the 400-meter, the mile, and long jump and shot put. Obviously, at 100 and whatever I was then, 55 pounds, 50 pounds, the shot put wasn't going to be my main event. But I knew the other events I would get through just fine. And and I did. We, we went through those first uh, four events. And by the time we finished, I was I was well in the lead of that pentathlon, and I knew going into the final event, the mile run, that as long as I didn't lose by more than, I, I think it was around 40 seconds, 45 seconds, maybe a minute, that I was going to be fine. And, and, and knowing the other guys that were there and seeing them run, I, I knew that I was safe. So when the starting gun went off and we started running that mile, the, the boy that was in second place knew that he had to beat me 
by at least about a minute in order to win the pentathlon, and he set out to do so. Man, he took off just just barreling across that track. And so I ran up, and I got behind him at about 100 meters back. So I knew that was, you know, about 15 seconds, 20 seconds there at that pace, and I was safe. As long as I stayed about 100 meters behind him, I had nothing to worry about. So we ran our laps and and the bell rang on the final lap and I'm I'm now about 50 meters behind. And when that bell rang on the third lap and I knew I only had 400 meters to go to finish, at that point maybe 500. I'm thinking, why am I settling for second place? I've I've won all of the other events other than shot put. I've run all the the running events and log jump. I don't want to lose this. I mean, I don't, I don't want to finish second place and become the overall winner, so I, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And I started to pick up the pace. So as I start to pick up the pace and catch him, his coach is yelling to him that I'm coming, that he's got to pick up the pace. And as he begins to pick up the pace and make the turn, he had given it all that he had. And I'll never forget, as he's running down that, that straight stretch, okay, on the backside of the track, he starts throwing up. And so he's running and he leans over towards the grass side of the field. He throws up and he runs a little more and he throws up. But man, Scotty doesn't break stride. He, he is running. He's giving it all he can to try to beat me in this mile. And, and so I'm coming up behind him, obviously trying to stay out of um, the, the way of the, the vomit. But I'm coming up beside him and we, we make the final turn and we're coming down the final straight stretch of the track. And as we come around that turn and we start up this straight stretch of the track, I start to pull closer and closer. And by the time there's 50 meters left, we are shoulder to shoulder. And in that shoulder to shoulder race, we are just, we're just trucking it down the course, trucking it down the track. And, and just at the end of the race, I get ahead of him and I win that mile and I end up winning that pentathlon. I mean, it was a great day. It was a great event. And, and I had, I had a, a good friendship with him, and we still have a good friendship this day. He runs a, a Mexican restaurant back in Ohio, and if I'm there, I try to stop by, say hi, and eat in his restaurant. And what allowed me or what gave me okay, the, the unction to do that is the finish line. Man, knowing okay, that, that if I can catch him, I can win this race. The finish line was, was in the grasp. It was 2012. We were living in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I got a message on Facebook from a man that I'd never met. I didn't know. Uh, my name was given to him from another, some, someone else. And they were putting together a team, a tri-state team, to come to North Carolina and to run the Blue Ridge Mountain Relay. At that time in my life, I had run marathon, I trained, I, you know, I'd been in several races, but I had no idea what a relay was. So he sent me the information on Facebook and said, we'd love to have you part of our 10-man team. And so I did the homework, researched it, and instantly, you know, I wanted to be part of it. You know, my kids told me um, last week, they said, Dad, are you an adrenaline junkie? And I've never pictured myself as an adrenaline drunk junkie. Um, I've pictured myself as a guy that has no common sense and doesn't know how to say no. But I guess in some ways I am because things like this relay or that pentathlon or triathlons, they just appeal to me. And, and so when I saw a 200-mile race, a 10-member team, and, and it starts on a Friday morning and ends on Saturday afternoon and you don't sleep besides what you can catch in a van as you're going from leg to leg of the race, I'm thinking, that's all me. I'm in. Let's do this. 
And and so I joined this team, this Blue Ridge Mountain Relay team for the Blue Ridge Mountain Relay and and showed up there in Withville, Virginia. And I was the second leg of the race. And, and the first leg was kind of downhill early, six-something Friday morning. Um, they hand the, the baton off to me, and I take off running through this field and these back roads. It was a six-mile run. Man, I'm, I'm loving life. And, and as we get through the race, and we're going through the day Friday from place to place to place, I, um, we hear on our team that one of our members is down. And so now we're no longer a 10-man team. We're a nine-man team. And they need someone to step up and to take this other gentleman's legs of the race. Well, I was the lucky guy that drew the, the straw for that. And so now I'm not just running my legs. I'm running him as well, which one of them happened to be running at 1030 at night up Grandfather Mountain from the base of Grandfather Mountain up to the top. Man, that was, that was a grueling run in the darkness of night, to say the least. And then my next run after that, I think I finished around 1030, around midnight, and then got in the van, and my next run was 4 o'clock the next morning. I had a five-miler. And then we had some time to rest, and then we get to the final leg of the race, and I'm running the final six miles of the race from up on the, the parkway all the way down into Asheville, North Carolina. And I, I remember coming out of the van, standing up, putting my arms out, and just having people spray my body down with icy hot. That was biofreeze, and just spray me down with biofreeze because I couldn't move a muscle. I was so sore. And, and so my, my leg comes and they take the van and go down to the bottom of the finish line and I take off running. And again, the adrenaline of the moment, the, the, the people cheering, knowing what was at the finish of that last 10K, I couldn't just cruise. Now, we weren't going to win. I mean, it, that was done. That's not why you do this relay, but I had to finish well. I couldn't just walk across the finish line and ended up that was my fastest leg of the whole race as I averaged around 620 a mile for those that 10K. And it was downhill, so it was a little easier, but still a fast run to finish after running 30 miles already of the Blue Ridge Mountain Relay. And, and what allowed me to do that, man, it was just the adrenaline of the finish, knowing that the finish line was there. We got it. I can't wait to finish this and just to be be with the team and to celebrate you know, our run and finishing the Blue Ridge Mountain Relay. And, and it was the finish line okay, that, that drove me. It was knowing that that, that was the end. It, it was knowing the end was there. I remember my marathon, 23 miles, hitting the wall and sitting down on the sidewalk thinking, I'm done. I can't finish. I'm not going to do it. But yet off in the distance, I could hear the music playing. I could hear people cheering. And I knew just three more miles of 5K and I could finish my very first marathon. And, and it was that knowing that, that that drove me to the end. And I think in life, we, we just get through the doldrums. In life, we just get bogged down. In life, we, we don't go the extra mile. We don't kick it into gear. We, we're just kind of going through the motions because we've lost sight of the finish line. And even myself, I, I'm guilty of that. And I think being there at that funeral on Monday was really what I needed to, to help me kick it back in gear again to realize that, that we have no idea exactly when we are going to finish this race. We have no idea where that finish line is going to be. And so we need to give it everything we have. We, we need to put all of our efforts 
into this, knowing that the finish line could be soon. And even if it's not, how long is life? I mean, life is a vapor, James says. It's, we're here for a while and it's gone. It's, it's like the, the fog of the morning is here and then, then it's gone. It's, it's the dash between the two numbers of a tombstone. Time just goes by so quickly. Time Hop gave me a picture of my family last year, and, and I, I don't even know who the boy and the little boy and the little girl were in that picture because Kate and Candace are not the same people in that picture a year ago they are today. Man, they've grown six, seven, eight. I think Kate's grown eight inches in a year. And, and time goes by. So what are we doing? What is the problem? What is happening in our lives? What is keeping us from ambition and energy and motivation? Why have we lost sight of the finish line? You know, I believe it's because we've put our focus, our feelings, and our energy into so many other things that the main thing no longer matters. And then I want to give you three areas of life to help you gain focus and to get back on track. So what is it in life that takes our focus off of the finish line? Number one, it's our neighbors. You say, Trey, how how in the world is it our neighbors? Well, you know, it's keeping up with the Joneses, and you're familiar with that phrase. You see, in a race, we cannot win a race if we're looking around. By the time I turn my head around that 100-meter dash or that 200-meter run to see where my um, opponents are, it's too late. That one glimpse or that one look can throw my focus off to such a point that I'm going to get past and I'm going to lose the race. And many of us are not looking forward. We're looking to the side continually. We're, we're constantly looking at what others are doing. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. As a pastor, I can easily compare myself to other ministries and what other pastors have. I can easily compare my house to another pastor's house. I can easily compare my followers on social media to other pastors' followers. I can easily compare you know, this podcast to other successful podcasts out there and think, man, I'm just not amounting to enough. I'm just going to quit this race and be done. And I can't get caught up in trying to keep up with the Joneses financially, okay, in areas of quote-unquote success, in, in, in ministry opportunities, in business promotions. Folks, we, we can't do it. And so I'm encouraging you, if, if you, you know, maybe maybe right now your, your marriage is a mess or maybe you're divorced or, or single and not married and you're looking around and you're thinking, man, that, that family, I wish I had it all together like them. And man, I wish I could be like that family. You see what you're doing? Okay, you're, you're looking over your shoulder and you're not running the race you need to run. And, and you've got to stop doing that. You've got to realize that, that God is sovereign. He's got a plan and he's got a purpose. I heard a man say the other day, if it wasn't for knowing and believing in the sovereignty of God, he'd be looking for a cliff to drive his car over. And man, there's truth to that statement. And, and so remember, stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Stop focusing on our neighbors. Number two. Okay, one thing that keeps us from running the race that God has called us to from focusing on the finish line, okay, is this idea of financial freedom. 
you say, wait a second, Trey, I thought we, we were striving for financial freedom. I thought that's what the Bible says. Yeah, but it's this idea of a few dollars more. Just a little more money and I'll be happy. Just just another part-time job to, to get a little more money back and then, then things will be okay. Then I will be where I want to be financially. I, I, I know if I can just invest a little more in my retirement, just a little more of my income in the stock market, if I could just find that big stock that's going to make it huge to make up for the other money I've lost, then I'll be happy. Folks, listen. Again, time goes by so quickly. Before we know it, we could blink and we could have all the money in the world and be as miserable as can be. There's no guarantee that a few dollars more is going to make you happy. You see, I can't win a race by running more and more. Let's say I head out to um, become a sprinter. and Let's say I want to focus on the 400 meter. I, I love the 400 meter run. I've, I've, I've been like Scotty and lost my cookies many times in training for the 400 meter. My fastest time, if you're a runner, was 50.1 my junior year of high school. My senior year, I kind of let things go, but, but I loved that run, that and the 100. They were my two focused runs. And in that 400 meter, let's say, okay, I want to break 50 seconds. I was so close and I want to break 50 seconds. If I could just break 50 seconds. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and I'm going to run 20 miles every day. And, and that's going to help me. And I'm, going to, I'm just going to do more and do more. And, and that's going to make me faster. No, that would kill me. Okay, you don't run more to get faster. Okay, you just got to be smarter. You've got to be wiser. And, and we think that if I just make more and if I just have a little more and then I'll be happy. No. Okay, that's as foolish as going out and running 20 miles when you're trying to become faster. It doesn't work that way. I, I, I can't be striving for more. And then number three, and I, I think that if you don't remember the other two, please remember this. You cannot win and focus on the finish if you're running someone else's race. What do I mean by that? You head out on this race, and and you see somebody that you know is competition, that you know is going to be running, let's say, this 10K or this half marathon, and, and you don't want to lose to them. And so you know your pace in this half marathon is going to be a 635 pace, and you set out on the 635 pace, but then you see them, and they're running a 615 pace, and you know that if they keep up that 615 pace, you're not going to beat them, so you start to pick up your pace, even though you know that's not your race. And, and you try to catch them. I did this in a 10K one time, and, and I'm trying to catch Dan. And, and as I try to catch Dan, he's, he's, he's pulling ahead, and I can't believe he's running as fast as he is. I'm like, man, i got to run this fast too. And then as, it was a crazy race. It was a cross-country course, um, 10K, major hills in it. And, and as I'm getting closer to Dan, I realize that he's running that fast because he knows on these hills they're so steep he was walking them. See, he trained the course before, even though it was a new course, he knew what it was going to be. And and so he's walking up those hills and I'm thinking, all right, now's my chance. And as I tried to catch him and I'm running up the hill and, and making progress, by the time I get over the hill and I'm thinking Dan's going to be right there, he's gone. You see, he had his own race to run and I'm trying to run his race. And it didn't work out so well for me. And Dan ended up beating me and getting second place in that 10K. And I ended up with third place overall. But in life, 
I can't run someone else's race. I can't put on their running shoes, okay, and, and keep up with their pace and expect to be successful or to expect to be happy or to expect to finish well. It's not going to happen. I took over Faith Baptist Church from a pastor who pastored here for 47 years. Okay, if 49 years, I'm sorry. I, I can't run his race. I can't be who he was. That's not what God's called me to do. I can't be my parents. I can't be my brother. I can't be my brother-in-law, right? And so you can't be your boss. You can't be that coworker. You can't be that person that sits across from you at church or in your social gatherings. You can't be that friend on Facebook because that's not who God has intended you to be. And if I have these three things in my life and I'm focusing on my neighbors or financial freedom or trying to run someone else's race, I am not going to be successful and I'm not going to finish well. But in order to finish well, in order to run uh, uh, the race that God has called us to run, what must we do? Number one, I've got to focus on the effort and not the results. Okay, I, I can run a great race and still not finish okay, first place. And that's okay if I'm running my best. If I set a PR in this 5K and and I run an 18.58 and I break 19 minutes in a 5K and I still end up in fifth place, you know what? That's okay because I ran my race and I and I stayed focused on every mile, every half mile. I stayed on pace and I, and I knew where I was and I was focused. And if I just go day by day focusing on the race that God has set before me and go on the path that God wants me to go, man, and I give my effort to every day and I give full effort to my family and full effort to my work and full effort to my outreach, you know what? I'm going to end up finishing the race that God's called me to. And it doesn't matter at the end if somebody else was more successful or me or, or, or was more popular than me or, or you know, had more money in the bank than me. What matters is I gave up my all, what God had called me to do. I focused on the effort and not the results. Number two, in order to run the race that God has called me to, I've got to continually find new challenges. What do I mean by that? Man, can't get in status quo. And in my circle as pastors and Christian school administrators, I'm seeing status quo so much and it's so frustrating. God has not called us to throw her into neutral and to let it cruise. God has called us to go. And you're like, Trey, I just feel like I'm in cruise control and nothing's going on. Then find a challenge. Okay, find something you can do. Set a challenge for the upcoming year in 2022 to write a thank you card every week, to make a phone call every day to 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 increase your sales by by three percent a month whatever it is to to spend more time with your family and investing in them just set some challenges before you and accomplish those challenges you see those challenges is what keeps us going it's what keeps us motivated a challenge to tell somebody else about Christ every month to to reach out to to somebody that I know is not a Christian and and share with them about God and what God has done for me those are challenges that are ever there and continually there that we could challenge ourselves with to become who God wants us to be to sharpen us and to make us better to help us to give more effort as we run this race focused on the finish and number three remember 
remember that this race could be your last. Each challenge, each race that we enter, we have no idea if this is going to be our last one. I have no idea if this is it for me, if I have no idea if if this is my last year. I've told someone the other day, since I've become a pastor at Faith Baptist in Morgantown, I've not had a good year, <laughs> not one. And man, wouldn't it be amazing if 2022 was finally a good year for me? I would love that. If you could pray that way, I would so appreciate it. But at the same time, how do I know that 2021 isn't it for me or if 2022 might be my last? I don't know. Okay, we, we've got to live each day like it's the end. We've got to keep the end in mind. We've got to know that one day we are going to face our maker. We're going to face our God. And when I do, I want to hear, well done. Treg, you've run an awesome race. Now rest here in the end. I want people from all over the nation to want to be able to, to do what they can, to drop what they can, to come and and to, to show respects to me as I'm laying in that casket because of an impact or influence I've had upon them. I, I don't want to, to just make it, okay? I want to run and give it my all. So listen, as you guys are listening, my, my heart for you is to finish well. Man, do what you can. Focus on your efforts. Start some new challenges. Remember, this could be the end. Knowing that at the end of my race, I'm going to stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I want him to say, well done, you finished well. How about you? What race are you running now? What do you need to do to run a better race in order to finish well? I hope this has been a blessing and encouragement to you again. If you could like this podcast, rate it, share a few words about it, subscribe and send it off to others that it might be a blessing to, that'd be a huge blessing to me. I just want to be an encouragement and help to those who are running the Christian race to finish well. Thank you all and have a wonderful day.